0: Hi, everyone. This is Amanda Borchel-Dan. And I'm Jessica Steinberg. Your host for Times Will Tell. A weekly podcast from the Times of Israel.
1: Hello, Times Will Tell listeners. I am very pleased to host Joshua Cohen, the newly anointed Pulitzer Prize-winning author of The Netanyahu's, an account of a minor and ultimately even negligible episode in the history of a very famous family. Hello, Joshua. Hello. So let me just tell a little bit about the Netanyahu's if you have not read it yet. It's a highly fictionalized account of the true tale in the late 1950s when Benzion Netanyahu, father of Israel's former and longtime prime minister, Benjamin Bibi Netanyahu, arrived in the U.S. seeking an academic position and interviewed at – this was the real story – at Cornell University, Joshua Cohen and Joshua obviously correct me on anything that I get wrong. Yeah, it's not Cornell, but it was Cornell in the real story. No, no, didn't say that. No, uh huh. No, no,
2: no. Yeah, no. Ben Zion ended up teaching at Cornell for many decades, and in fact, you know, he he taught until he left the states in 1976 right. after Yoni's after Yoni's death. But. Uh, No, I mean, it's funny because people are saying, oh, the dates don't work. Why is Cornell? And (laughs) uh, no, yeah, it was Yale. It was Yale. It was Yale. And I just didn't want to write about New Haven because New Haven is, uh, it's boring. I don't know. It's not, I wanted a bucolic kind of pastoral American campus, right? Right. And I wanted something, yeah, I, I wanted something with nature and I wanted it, and I didn't want it in such close proximity to New York City and... Yeah,
1: too close for comfort. There. Yeah. Ah. Okay. So, uh, very glad I asked you to correct me. Okay. So, I'm just going to say one more quick thing. You came upon this story from literary critic Harold Bloom, the longtime Yale University professor, who you befriended toward the end of his life, and he befriended you as well. Yeah, <laughs> I think he befriended me. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, yeah. And who told you about hosting? So then, correct me here about hosting Benjamin Netanyahu. Where so that I'm getting? Where did he host him in real life?
2: Oh well, I mean, he he at that point was, uh, and I don't know exactly whether he was had been hired as a full professor, was just adjuncting at the time, but he was at Yale.
1: Right, he was at Yale he already. Was, he
2: was he was at Yale, even though
1: he got his, even though Harold Bloom got his BA at Cornell. At Cornell exactly. Okay, hence my confusion. Okay, got it. So that's the basis of this book, dear listeners, and Joshua Cohen. Takes it in very wild, unexpected, historically edifying in, in a fictional sense directions. Um so first of all, Mazaltov, congratulations on this Pulitzer, which you find found out about while you were already here in Israel.
2: A day after I arrived. Yeah.
1: That's pretty crazy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> what mm-hmm. was that like?
2: Uh, I certainly thought about turning around to going back to the airport, I'll you bet. know, getting a COVID test on the way, right? <laughs> Not anymore. But, yeah. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Maybe should have gone. Um, no, I, I, you know, it, it's one irony piled atop another irony <laughs> piled atop another irony. I think that's how, you know, the hills of, of this town yeah. were made Yeah. upon which, you know, empires are built and crumble. So, you know, I, I tried to take it in stride, but it's been, um, You know, I really haven't slept since Monday.
1: He looks okay, everyone. Yeah. In fact, I'll just say that you're here for the uh, Writers' Festival in Jerusalem, which is an event that hasn't taken place, obviously, since the start of the pandemic. And it opened last night, Sunday night. And you are also here in residency at Mishkanot Shananim in Jerusalem, where we're looking at the old city walls, uh, which is depends on how you feel about them, if they are... uh, inspiring i guess <laughs> i mean
2: they're nice walls
1: they are they yeah. are they're well built yeah
2: well they're built. well built absolutely yeah.
1: so okay so we got to talk a little bit about this book and um i'll also just say that we just had a about 45 minute little uh intimate press conference with a with a few different israeli uh, journalists. journalists Ta- and joshua was talking are you josh or joshua
2: we're on a podcast we okay. might as well do josh
1: okay Josh, even though we really have just met, spoke about a, answered different kinds of questions about the book. And I kept on thinking, and I, as I was telling you before that I finished it probably just a couple of hours ago, (laughs) I was wondering, I kept on wondering, and I kept on, you know, looking at, looking back online, looking at articles, how much you knew about the Netanyahu's before you delved into this about Benjamin Netanyahu who is portrayed as a kid and is a very minor character really in the story with a smaller role than his two brothers Yoni, Jonathan and Edo but again you're someone and we can talk about this a little bit later who grew up in the let's say Jewish community I think in a religious home mm-hmm. right yeah um, so you and you spoke about this at the press conference that you certainly had heard that you as a kid already you had heard about Benjamin Netanyahu. But as an adult, how much were you paying attention to the Netanyahu's before this kernel this story came your way and you, I imagine started thinking about
2: it in a lot of different ways. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I read the paper. Yeah. If, if you can still say the paper anymore. You can to you me. You can? Okay. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. That generation. I, um, you know, I mean, I, I'm from Atlantic city, New Jersey and, uh, uh, certainly BB having spent so much of his life in Philadelphia, right. you know, he, you know, there were a number of people, um, you know, around my parents who knew him, mm-hmm. you know, everyone has a BB story in terms of you know, how well, you know, I mean, I'd worked as a journalist as well. I'd, I'd, I'd covered certain things that had um, required me to, you know, get up to date every once in a while on, on what case is currently being heard right. about what thing. And, you know, but, but I'd never really, you know, beyond Yoni, and beyond, a, I, I think the strange idea that that Ido was a radiologist somewhere in Western New York, which, by the way, is another reason I said it in Western New York. I mean, he was he, you know, Ido lived and practiced in I think it was Hornell, Hormel, Hornell, or Hormel, which sounds I think it's like Hormel, which yeah, sounds like the ham, which, which sounds like Cornell, also. Which is, that which thinking is of yeah, which is a small town in, in in Western New York State. Which is bizarre that he which is, settled there absolutely Wow. Um, for, for years, and so you know. But beyond knowing those facts and beyond, you know, watching the um, the requisite, you know, Yoni movies. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know um, much about, you know, his childhood, his parentage, his grandparents, the entire history of the family. So that was part of the, the research that was specifically done for the book. Yeah.
1: Right. Because of course it's complete satire, but there is so much there that is clear, you know, obviously based on research that you did and, and facts, which is, it's it's fun to read it and really and say, wait, did did that yeah. really happen? Sure. Did that not really happen? And there's so much, of course, that feels like foreshadowing of the Netanyahu's that we've experienced for the last twenty years. Uh, you know, at least the yeah. thousands of shekels and ice cream bills and uh, <laughs> all the all the constant tabloid fodder about Sarah Netanyahu not paying her staff, and you keep on wondering about that connection between truth. Reality, fiction, and where it all mixes—sure,
2: absolutely. I, or, or I mean, I look at those, you know, soap opera type sagas, which you see with the Netanyahu's, which you certainly see with the Trumps, mm-hmm. right? And in a way, you know, watching them unfold and and watching the media collaborate in their unfolding, it offends. I, I think my sensibilities, both as a you know citizen, let's say, uh, but it offends my sensibilities as a fiction writer. Because these things kind of you know it's like guys, if you're going to make a spectacle like this, give it some shape, you know, have it mean something more, you know, maybe develop some sort of structural metaphor or an <laughs> allegory, you know, oh, you you know you really left that you know analogy on the table, you know, or or you could have made this connection, but you didn't. and so I, I think as our, our politics become more and more entertainment, you need. I think, you know, writers who are trying to be entertainers to a degree, you know, provide the instruction to reality to say, no, this is actually how you do it better. Right.
1: I mean, and of course, Ben Netanyahu who is this figure that, and I kept on thinking about it here. I'm, I'm living here, I don't know, 26, seven years, something like that. And of course, you know you know who Ben Sion Netanyahu is and you know Be'erach around what his subject matter was. And then I'm thinking as I'm reading it, well, what do I really know about him? And this concept that you put in the book that he was essentially kicked out of academia in Israel and came to the States because he had to find a position somewhere, had a wife and three kids, ends up in the States— ends up having a big chunk of his career here, which is why, of course, the Netanyahu kids ended up growing up in Philadelphia for a good portion of their childhood and teenagehood, which was something that, as American Jews, when Bibi Netanyahu came on the scene and had this great English, everyone said, wow, of course. Well, of course he has this great English because he was educated here as a teenager, and then he went to MIT. And I'm not even sure, and this is here as I'm getting to my questions, it's taking me a while, I'm not even sure sometimes how much Israelis know about Benzion Netanyahu. oh sure,
2: yeah, I think how it's, much we know, yeah, I mean, if you look at you know the 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 big biographies right that exist, you know Benzion is absolutely there, and you know I think he has a, a you know a chapter here, a chapter there and and certainly people who written kind of memoirs of b or or you know things online about I mean, known him, you know talk about his um talk about his debt to his father but i think the actual circumstances of, of how Zion netanyahu arrived in the united states why he was there what he was doing there and how all of those circumstances shaped you know collaborated over the course of decades to really shape this netanyahu ideology
1: and the country and and <laughs> That's and, 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 and,
2: and from that the country i think is is something that is uh, you know an unexamined topic and, you know, and I could see that it could be done and and, and many people have done it through, uh, not many, a few, uh, you know, academic researchers kind of have have tried to tease that out. But the the limitation with academic research in that is, is you know, they can say, well, Benzion Netanyahu was, you know, a revisionist. He was deeply involved in various different Jabotinsky movements. Right. He um, was a polemicist and an editor of a number of newspapers, you know, revisionist newspapers that kept on getting shut it down, like uh, ha Yarden, And um, they talk about, you know, his own attempts to get a job um, at at the sort of nascent Hebrew University, and about how his, you know, moonlighting career as a as a polemicist began to interfere with his, you know, day student life. Right. But but I think that the limitations of academia are, you know, you're not supposed to become that armchair psychoanalyst, right? I mean, you know, right. you know and, and, and anyone who's researching, you know, sort of the history of Israeli academia or even just the history of Israel isn't going to, you know, really sit around and be as irresponsible as I'm being of, of saying, you know, daddy issues. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Well, you can be. And of course, you have a lot of fun in the book. I mean, I'd imagine you had to have a lot of fun writing some of those chapters, uh, there's, I'm not going, no spoilers here, but uh, there were moments where I definitely was reading with my jaw hanging open and just laughing at the improbability and yet probability of these scenarios uh, that you're, um, that are unfolding in the novel.
2: Yeah. And I just, I just want to say one thing. Did you mind? Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's, it's. I, I feel like in the last week, I've realized this once every day Yeah, and that, and that when I realize it, I have to say it. Please. Okay, it's, you know, I'm sitting here, I've been sitting here in Israel for, I don't know, the last yeah five days, six days, something. I, I haven't slept, so every day is blurred together. And, and I'm talking with people, you know, like yourself who are extraordinarily knowledgeable that when I say, you know, revisionist, or when I say Jabotinsky, mm-hmm. or, you know, when I say Jabotinsky, reach for your gun. No, but when I say, <laughs> you know, or when I say, or when I say, you know, early Hebrew university. And, we know what and, this and, means. Right, we know what this means. Right. Or, or we each think that, you know, we each have our own definition of it, but we can come to a cons- like a basic consensus of, of a constituent reality, right? That, right. That, that, we, that we hold in common. And you know, this book just won the Pulitzer Prize. And that, to me, is—I I mean, I still haven't—and that's why I need to remark upon it when it when it happens, because it's, you know, they, they, it won the largest prize in a country where, you know, forget the fact that they, you know, most people don't know who Netanyahu is. People who maybe know who he is can't pronounce his name. Jabotinsky, good luck. I mean, and and the idea that that like, you know, they have to know about the Netanyahu who who was not even prime minister anymore, but a former prime minister. Right. You know, maybe a future one, but yeah, a yeah. former one. Mm. Um. And now they have to know about his father who (laughs) has, you know, an even weirder name. and, And yeah.
0: Hi, podcast listeners. The Times of Israel is celebrating a decade this year, and I'm happy to invite you to our kickoff TOI at 10 live event series. Join us May 24th at Jerusalem's first station for Who by Fire Leonard Cohen and the Yom Kippur War. Author Matty Friedman will be in conversation with TOI editor David Horvitz to discuss his new book on the Singer-Priest's extraordinary tour for IDF troops in 1973. And of course, there will be live music. If you're in Israel, please join us. If you're not, we'll share a recording after the event exclusively with our TOI community members. For more information and tickets, go to timesofisrael.com slash T-O-I-10. That's timesofisrael.com slash T-O-I-10. Hope to see you there.
1: So talk about it. That It is crazy. Well, in I, other it's, words, it's, 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 it's crazy. crazy and it makes, I don't know. How do you how, how do you explain it? I Meaning don't, it's, I, a, it's I don't a, know. I mean, you wrote it. I, I'm one of your readers. How do you uh, explain it? How do I explain it?
2: I mean, you presumably have read other American fiction.
1: It's very... In recent times. It's... Uh, yes, I do. I read a lot of uh, American fiction. It takes place on a college campus, right? So there's this academic setting that is familiar
2: to how many Americans? Yeah, many.
1: Okay, many. many. Not as and the, many and the, as the, we'd the camp, like.
2: the campus novel being a genre.
1: Right, the late yeah. 50s. Right. So it takes you back. Yep. Um, New York, there's you know these are new yorkers who have now migrated to this college campus and you know where it snows for i don't know
2: this is what this is what all the Jews did during covid right right
1: right okay and so then yes you have these very these characters who land on the scene who happen to be real people uh who yes but are minor to most American readers right and and as you say they can they their names can barely be pronounced which is something you know sort of a running gag in a sense
2: in the book mm-hmm. as well right
1: so why 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 did it win the pul- the Pulitzer
2: yeah I don't I don't know I mean I I, I I think you know
1: I I think there's a lot of I think because I think there's actually a lot of uh what people recognize from Life and situations that happen. and there's like a there's a craziness here that I think I referred to at the beginning where this family it's supposed to be just the academic, just Bencio Netanyahu coming for an interview. But instead he schleps his whole family along. They are complete fish out of water, and they land upon this Jewish from the Bronx family um who has also migrated from from New York to this college campus in. Not upstate New York, right? And uh, and they he, they happen to be Jewish, and that's why he happens to he has to essentially escort him around as he's here for as he's on this campus for the interview. And these are scenarios that that happen in life, in a sense. So there's a lot of. I mean, thank you. It's a very generous. But what do you think?
2: Look, I, I don't know. It's something that's very obvious sort of, to anyone who who comes to to Israel right away that you know that you know American um, squabbles about identity politics, right? are um are you know deeply notional and are divorced from you know reality right you know and um they 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 become maybe um political footballs that are kicked around um in you know on on the center to the center to the center to the left mm-hmm. while real hatred festers like the you know ten or so people right who were just shot up in a yeah, you know, Buffalo. supermarket in Buffalo, mm-hmm. New York, right? And so, in in a way, I there was something in that I wanted to get to in this book that talked about identity politics as separate from hate, right? Yeah, and trying to talk about the stakes of a game that one is playing, and where it all started, and where it all started, but also the stakes of a game. I mean, in many ways, you know, um, the Ruben Blum figure in the in the book, you know, he's an academic who believes in his discipline, but he's an academic. What he wants to do is he wants to publish his research. He wants to get tenure. The same committee that's gonna decide on Benzio Netanyahu's hiring is gonna d- decide on Ruben Blum's tenure. He wants to have a comfortable life with you know his wife and his daughter. And Benzio Netanyahu, he means it. For him, the stakes are existential. I mean, the problem with him is that the stakes are always existential, right. but the stakes are existential. And in a way, it's it's inviting an extremist you know, to campus. And an extremist does not fit in well with committees. An extremist has no patience for process. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 not the means; it's the ends for someone like Benjamin Netanyahu. And I, I I hope, all right. So I don't necessarily have you know a diagnosis here, but I, I would hope that it's the it's maybe it's the recognition that, that there are differences in these um, in these approaches to identity, right? That on one hand, you know, we can discuss about you know speech and about um, the ways in which you know. W- we offend or we receive insult, or in which we have you know, implicit biases that we have to overcome and react and react. And then there's you know, the other world where, where people truly engage in violence and there's actually rhetoric that directly encourages that violence. And that, you know, and that the, the left or the center to the left can't allow discussions about identity and squabbles about identity you know, fracture them to the point that they don't have the political power to counteract um the violence coming from another side.
1: Now you wrote this during the Trump era mm-hmm. completely from start to finish.
2: Oh yeah. I mean that's when that's you know, that's when Harold passed away. Yeah, and, and actually during the early lockdown in, in New York.
1: You were thinking about Trump and writing about identity politics. Were you looking, were you thinking in other directions? And then essentially the Netanyahu nugget
2: Yeah, I wanted a famous, I wanted a famous clan. I wanted Mm -hmm. a, I wanted a family who just, again, whose soap opera sort of permeated the, the lives of the citizenry. Right. You know, these, these names that just um, are hurled at people and we have to follow the travails, not just of the prime minister and the wife, but like. The friend who's the film producer, and then the other guy who's the cousin who's a l- yeah. lawyer, and then the and then the son, and then the son's friend, and then the the son's friend and the stripper, you know. And it's and it's it's you know, and we have to follow these stories, these Balzacian yeah. stories, right? And so, uh, why why didn't I do it with Trump? Because yeah, it was Trump was was too, too close, close to me. Comfort, it yeah. was too it was too much in front of me, and also because frankly, I didn't think that that was the only thing I wanted to do. Right. I didn't just want to portray a famous family kind of doing this. And, and you know, Harold Bloom's anecdote was not about Trump coming yeah, up because no. Fred Trump was not going to go interview for a job in medieval history. You know, <laughs> that wasn't happening. No, but but I, I, I did want to say something about jewelry. And I wanted to also say something about maybe also, frankly, about the Obama era. Right. And the Trump era is response to the Obama era. I mean, you know, everyone says, you know, I've been spending like six, seven days now or whatever it is, like talking about how, how, you know, Trump and Netanyahu, you know, have these similarities. But but the truth is, is that Netanyahu actually in many ways is closer to Obama. Mm -hmm. And in the sense of that, there was no more masterful code switcher than Obama. When Obama was talking to a white audience, he sounds in a certain way. When he's talking to a black audience, he sounds another way. When he um, is trying to be this kind of Nobel laureate, voice of peace, he sounds a certain way. When he's trying to lay down the law about, you know, Bin Laden and we're gonna hunt somebody, he sounds another way. And he he is a vastly intelligent politician, as is, you know, Bibi, who absolutely understands how to manipulate rhetoric for its audience, which is in total contradistinction to Donald Trump. And so, uh, I was really thinking then about this code switching and the idea that, that Obama was always accused of being, you know, not black enough. Right. Or certainly a lot of people thought he was too black, right? And 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 this BB idea that he, you know, is this privileged Ashkenaz, right? But but like if you he can he can be a Mizrahi for the Mizrachim, right? He can he can be many, many things mm-hmm. to many, many people, and certainly he can be the kid from Philly to American Jews. And and so I, I, that really... You knew
1: him better, in a sense. You knew his character.
2: I knew his character better, but I also feel very attuned to that as a writer, because that's what you have to be as a writer. I mean, you have to be that sort of, you know, or it helps to be that sort of, you know, rhetorician.
1: So coming back to this question of this book, your book has, on the Pulitzer, it's a book about the Jews. You know, there is, it is about the Jews, and we are in a complicated period now as Jews. And, and so then what, I don't know, what does that mean in terms of, let's, I mean, you are American and you wrote this book as, as an American, mm-hmm. even though you are someone who's very comfortable in Israel. And yes, so you happen to find out that you won the prize here and you happen to be here. Mm-hmm. But obviously, by and large, a lot of the conversations going to happen in the States, presumably in Europe as well, all over the place. Mm-hmm. But what is it like to, to have this book about, Judaism and Jews and the Jewish question and, Sem- and, and Semites and anti-Semitism.
2: What is it like to have it win the Pulitzer in 2022? It's odd. very <laughs> odd. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I think that the idea of, look, the book takes as its very, as its deep, deep subject, almost at the parallel depth of Judaism, right? Or Jewishness in this book is, is the subject of tokenism, the subject of, you know, who is the representative minority? Who is the person who becomes the, you know, the Nazi or something of like the, of the, of the, of the, of, of, of the people in the eyes of others. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was a subject of, um, of Benzino Netanyahu's research. Right. I mean, he's the man who, who is, is investigating the kind of the history of the Yudah del Corte or the Hof Yuda, right? The court Jew who, who, who is the, you know, who performs, you know, all shtadlanut between the, the, community and the monarchy and the middle ages and the middleman right in a sense. the, the middleman right from 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 Robinell through Kissinger mm-hmm. right and um and and so I think that the idea that a writer would serve any of that purpose after having written a book about the absurdity of that practice would seem to be crazy. So I don't I hope that no one expects that of me because that's as we would say that's not just Bad for me, it's bad for the Jews. But it's not no what you set me. out to do. It's not what I set out to do. And and I, I also think that, in a way, what I would hope is that we have, that the world of tokenism is sort of behind us, but it doesn't seem to be the case. And it certainly doesn't seem to be the case also in Israeli politics, that the world of tokenism isn't, isn't behind us.
1: Right. And I guess, as a final question then, what is it like to be here now and to have to discuss this book in the place where the Netanyahu's certainly live and uh and where people more in, in, in obviously more importantly and more significantly that all the people that are around you and talking to you have including yourself have very set opinions about this about the the people and the family the people in the family
2: yeah i i you know i i this isn't the first time i've had jews yell at me so you know it's like <laughs> you know i i don't know i mean first of all from bb i you know he has better things to deal with no i don't even mean, right, them. I mean the, that yeah. oh from people around you know um everyone has their story i get I get a little impatient hearing them but you know but of course i also know that you know you have to kind of make a pact with patience because you know it's you don't want to miss that one story that's good right right um i don't know i mean i think that the people who have truly fixed opinions i can say one thing they don't read fiction Fiction in, 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 you know, literature is the thing that, that that essentially inoculates you, right? As a vaccine in a way against fixity of opinion or about kind of party line fidelity um, because it's the ability to create, you know, literature gives you the ability to create empathy and, 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 and empathy that brings context to someone's conduct and to someone's um, beliefs. And and I, I think what surprises me is just how few people... Um, Read, because you know, uh, um, because you can tell the people who read on any side of a political spectrum, because you know, there always is the idea that something can be understood through character or through personality, mm-hmm. and that no one is reducible to blanket bottom line statements. One could hope. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Joshua Cohen, thank you very much for being with us. Thank you. And enjoy the week, and Mazal Tov again from us here at the
2: Times of Israel. Thank you very much.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Times Will Tell from the Times of Israel, and thanks to our producer, Gilad Brownstein.
1: Please subscribe wherever you find your podcasts, and check out our daily briefing news show every
0: Sunday through Thursday. Like what you hear? Consider rating us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to spread the word. Until next week. Shalom.